You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 90. Hey there, Impact Driver. Welcome to the PMO Strategies Podcast. Today, we are going to talk about one of the biggest mistakes I see PMO leaders making when they are setting up a PMO, whether it's their first time or their 15th time. This tends to be an area that a lot of people gravitate towards, and it's a huge mistake to start here. We'll cover this big mistake why it's so easy for this mistake to happen, and what you can do to avoid making this mistake and getting things done in the right order so you can build a PMO that is getting high impact results the right way the first time. Before we dive in, this episode is sponsored by the Impact Engine PMO Training and Implementation Program. It's the only program on the market that helps you not only learn what you need to do and how to do it, but then takes you step by step through determining what services are going to be the highest impact, what order you should do those services in, and how to build credibility for you and your team every step of the way, all while helping your organization deliver on its strategy with the highest possible return on investment. If you're building a PMO for the first time, if you need to get your PMO back on track, or you want to up-level your PMO, this program was literally built with you in mind. I took my 15 years of experience in organizations as a PMO leader and combined that with the successes my clients and students have been having since I started PMO Strategies in 2013, following this exact system. And I've put it all together in a program that takes you step-by-step on that journey. I'd love to have you join us. You can learn more by going to iepmo.com. That's iepmo.com to learn how to build an impact engine PMO with me right by your side. Okay, let's dive in. So what is this huge mistake that I see PMO leaders making all the time unknowingly setting themselves up for a really tough road ahead right from the start? Well, let me tell you a little story to answer that question. Early into PMO strategies, I was working with a client and they had already started implementing a PMO, but they were having a lot of trouble with change resistance and they were really struggling to show the value of the PMO. They constantly had stakeholders saying, what have you done for me lately? Or found that people were going around the PMO when they needed something done. And as I started to work with them, I peeled back the layers by asking some really important questions during our assessment process and determined that they had kind of done things out of order. You see, the way I teach my students to build a PMO is to start by first shifting your mindset about how you think about the PMO and what it should do. Then you assess the organization for impact opportunities. Where are the real pain points that you need to solve and how should you best go about solving them? And then when it comes to defining services, there's a very specific 
order that I teach my students to define the services. And when you don't follow that order, you end up with exactly what this client was seeing. You see, what they had done was somebody was tapped on the shoulder to build a PMO and it happened to be in the IT department. And they said, great, we're building a PMO. First, let's go find a tool to implement. That will help us solve our problems. And that is typically how people in the IT department look at the world, tools solve problems, and they often do. Think about how technology has changed your life from where it was years ago. Some ways good, some ways not so good. But generally speaking, we love to implement our technology, our tools, our gadgets, as my husband likes to say, to help us solve problems. The challenge they had though, is that they went tool first. What they did was they implemented a tool before they had truly assessed the organization for impact opportunities and done some of the fundamental things that they've got to do and in the order they have to do them to figure out what tool even made sense. And as a result, what happened to them was they ended up customizing the heck out of the tool so that it no longer looked like what it originally did when they brought it in-house. And it had been so significantly customized that the tool vendor was refusing to provide their regular level of support because they had cobbled together multiple tools and tried to integrate them and created this big customized mess that was really hard to use as an end customer. It was really hard to support from an internal support perspective in their PMO. And so everybody just went around it. They went around the PMO, they went around the tool and the information that they really needed managed to be sitting in spreadsheets or other resources on people's computers instead of being in this one place, one integrated source of truth information system like it was supposed to be. Now, I wanna be very clear here. I love technology. Do you know I have a computer science degree? I live and breathe tech, but you've got to do it the right way and at the right time in order for that technology to be automating and streamlining and improving your process as opposed to making it a nightmare. The secret is when we use them and how we use them that matters most. Frankly, if you want to do your project schedule on sticky notes or a napkin, I don't care. The tool isn't as important early on, not nearly as important as figuring out the other factors that are going to determine success or failure of your PMO. In fact, focusing too much here on the tool at the wrong time helps you fast track your PMO to extinction. Timing and order is everything. And if you haven't figured out what processes you need and you don't have the right people in place first, the tools won't matter at all, period. Sorry, but no, not even a little bit. Think about it. Have you ever seen a PMO or a big project go through a startup process? Have you done this yourself? Did everyone immediately start going to the discussions on what system they were going to use? Did they spend a lot of time debating this tool over another, for example? Did they spend months and months or even years getting that system set up only to realize the business moved on without them? 
or that the system isn't even usable the way you've implemented it, or worst yet, the business totally rejects the system because they are not seeing any value. This is what happens all the time. And it's not just with PMOs. We do this with our projects that we're managing all the time, all over the world, when they have a technical component. We focus on enabling the system and forget to enable the people and the processes first before going down this path. If this hasn't happened to you, you really should consider yourself lucky. And if it has, don't worry. We're going to fix this for you so you don't have to ever experience this pain again. Watching this client go through this process was really heartbreaking for me. I was helping this PMO leader set up the PMO, but because it was run by the IT department, no blame on IT here, but this is often where we have the tools first mindset. And the IT leader insisted that they get the tool implemented first. I referred them to articles, training, resources, and my own guidance on the reasons why this would fail. I predicted that the business would not buy into it because they hadn't addressed their WIFM, the what's in it for me, to engage with the PMO at all, much less change their entire business process to use a new tool. They hadn't clearly defined their why, or as my speaking coach says, their who and do what statement. The business leaders just saw another tool being thrown at them from the IT department, and they never had a chance to even be bought into the value proposition. In fact, they fought it tooth and nail all the way. And that's exactly what I told the IT department was going to happen. And I hated it. I don't want to be right in a scenario like that where I'm predicting the future because I've seen this movie before, right? I know how it's going to turn out. I hated knowing what was going on and exactly what was going to happen to them and then watching them make the mistakes that were going to derail their efforts despite their best intent. I tried to keep up with the pace of their tool rollout by focusing on getting clear on their mission, value proposition, services, all the stuff that I teach in the first few modules of my framework, my program, the Impact Engine program. But the force by which the tool rollout was happening was hurting them faster than I could keep up fixing it. It's like, have you ever watched a child hurt themselves after you tell them a hundred times not to do something? And it doesn't make you feel good when they hurt themselves if you say, I told you so. It all just stinks. Now, eventually we were able to get things back on track, but at a much lower scale than they had originally intended. And the tool that they invested a lot of time and money into was not being used. Sadly, it was a really good tool. In fact, I believe it was perfect for them, perfect for what they wanted to accomplish. Yet by not doing things in the right order, they derailed the PMO build out for a long time. And it took them so much longer to accomplish their goals because of this. And the funniest part of this, well, not really funny, but ironic, is that we're project managers by nature and PMO leaders, we know better. Aren't we always the ones telling people to define their requirements before building a system, figure out what their process is before they implement a technology solution? Isn't that literally built into our project manager DNA? It's like a plumber with a leaky faucet or the cobbler that has no shoes. You've heard those sayings, right? We have a do as I say, but not as I do attitude. We pick the cool project management software that we just know is going to make managing our projects easier. But before we really know what services we are providing or 
what makes the most sense in our environment or with our types of people and resources, right? And then it and we crash and burn when it takes too long to get done or doesn't meet the processes we need to follow to actually be effective in delivering on the organization strategy. I've seen PMOs fail because the short two-year window where they could have been building and delivering services for the business was spent almost entirely on implementing a tool and shoving a bunch of templates in place and building out really comprehensive process that actually doesn't end up meeting the needs. And when that happens, bye-bye PMO. So why do we do this? Why do people go to the tools first? If we know better, we know we should develop our requirements before we implement technology. We know we should figure out what our governance structure is going to be, figure out how we are going to intake projects and manage these projects and what information we need to provide and what things we can streamline and remove from the process before we automate it, right? Don't forget that. It's not all about just adding stuff. Sometimes we need to take stuff away so that we can be more effective. So why do we do this if we know better? I call it something shiny syndrome. It seems like it's more fun or it's more tangible and it's easier to start. Not easier to do really in the long run, but it feels easier to get started by just picking a tool. It feels harder to figure out the people side and the processes and services that you're going to deliver when in fact those are far more important. Defining the services and hiring the people also seems to take longer than just picking a tool and just getting started. Beware of the word just. But starting with the tool doesn't give you a PMO. What it might actually do is give you a nightmare you have to clean up later if you didn't figure out your processes first, get the right people in place to run those processes, etc. If you even get a chance to fix it, that is. The same goes for templates. When I'm talking tools, I'm also talking templates because we do the same thing. You can spend a lot of time building out templates, really complicated ones, putting a lot of effort into making sure every single person uses every single template every single time to capture every possible data point for large projects. And while you're doing all that, people are still using their own stuff that they become more and more attached to as the days go by while they're waiting for you to actually deliver something. Opportunity missed, and you may not get a second chance. So start simple, use just the basics, don't get fancy. A handful of impactful and simple templates, preferably one-pagers, will do to get you started. You wanna think of tools as enablers, not the center of the PMO universe. You want to think about automation. You wanna think about how you are automating process. But if you haven't spent the time to figure out what the services are that you're gonna deliver and how to put an optimized process in place or optimize your existing processes first, when you put that tool in place, you are gonna automate the wrong things. You see, it just doesn't make any logical sense to start with a tool. So how do you avoid this mess that we've been talking about here? How do you get your PMO set up right from the start in a short amount of time and all while you have the interest and engagement and funding from your leadership team? Stop playing with toys. Do the hard stuff first. And really, it's not really that hard. 
And if you do it first, it's even easier. It's a heck of a lot easier to put the right process in place that is aligned with the stakeholder's pain points and business needs than if you've put a tool in place that doesn't support that and then trying to backtrack from there. So here's what I teach my students to do. And I've got a breakdown of this over several episodes, episode 19 through 24. Go check out those episodes, 19 through 24, and they will take you step-by-step through what has proven to be an incredibly powerful framework and the framework that I use with my clients and my Impact Engine PMO training students. It starts with having that right mindset about the services and capabilities you're delivering and what your PMO is really there to do, which by the way, is deliver the highest possible return on investment for the organization's strategy, no matter what services you do. Then you assess the organization for impact opportunities. And I take you step by step by step by step through all the things you want to do there. And only after you've done that, can you define the services and capabilities that are going to be the delivery mechanism for you. So you define your impact delivery model. And in that stage, you've got to first figure out your PMO direction based on all those inputs you gathered during your assessment process, listening to pain points, peeling back the layers to find out what's really going on and where you can provide the most value. You lay out what your PMO services are going to be. You determine what the PMO governance framework is going to look like. You determine what talent you need to deliver against those services. You then start looking at things like methodology and then templates and tools. And then of course, you have to figure out how you're going to measure the impact you're making with those services. It's not enough to just put services in place. You've got to make sure that you're measuring the impact those services are going to have on the organization from a return on investment perspective. Super, super important. And then after you've defined those services, then you can lay them all out on your PMO capability delivery roadmap, start delivering those services in 90 day increments. That's how we do it in the Impact Engine PMO training and implementation program. I teach you a repeatable 90 day process you can use throughout the year and through multiple years to lay out your impact delivery roadmap. And then you've got to make sure you're doing it in a way that is bringing people with you through the change process, effectively communicating the value of the PMO, the return on investment the PMO is creating, et cetera. And then you have to figure out how you are going to sustain and evolve that PMO over time to pivot and shift and be where the organization needs you as the needs of the organization continue to shift. If you do it in any other order, You risk building systems and tools and processes and templates that don't enable your people to deliver on those services in the most impactful way. And that, my friend, is just a tragedy because you really can get it right the first time. Or if you're experiencing any of these symptoms that that client experienced many years ago, you can get yourself back on track quickly by following these steps that I'm talking about here and automating once you've figured out exactly what you're going to deliver and the best way to deliver it. Now, a little side note that I think is worth sharing. If you pay a consultant to come in and help you, you probably did so because they're an expert in their field. Listen to the experts, just like you would a doctor or a lawyer or any other professional that has spent their career learning how to keep you from running into problems. Let them help you. 
We want you to be successful. We are in the business of service. We want you to win. Now with my clients going forward, since I had that very painful experience with that client early on and just couldn't stand to see the suffering that they were going through by doing things out of order, this is one thing that I set up with them right from the start. I have multiple times started to engage with a client and they are starting to implement a tool. And I immediately say every time, if we are to proceed together, the work you're doing on the tool stops until the timing is right. And I explain to them and I give them the examples and the stories and help them learn the lesson for the mistake they are about to make. And it has saved my clients so much time, so much frustration, so much wasted money, so much lost credibility, and helped them implement PMOs and project management capability far more effectively by hitting that pause button only briefly until we got everything else in place first. And then we were able to implement their tools far faster, far more effectively, and with far better engagement and adoption by the organization, a huge win-win. So if you're like me and love to automate the heck out of everything you can and love tools and love technology, do yourself a favor and follow this process to do it right in the right way so that you can get the right solution that will help you and your PMO make an even bigger impact.